This episode is brought to you by Full Bucket Veterinary Strength Supplements, the leader in digestive health for dogs, cats, and horses. Well, welcome to this episode of Chats with the Chatfields. This is a podcast to expand your idea of what impacts veterinarians, pet owners, and basically all animal lovers in the galaxy is humans. Here are your hosts. I'm Dr. Jen Nevet. And I'm Dr. Jason. And if you have not yet subscribed to our show, why not? Just go to chatfieldshow.com and subscribe today. And if you want to reach us and you have a message full of love and positivity, you can find me at Jen at chatfieldshow.com. And for all of you other listeners out there, you can reach me at Jason at ChatfieldShow.com. Okay, uh, I am excited. I think there'll be lots of grinning today. Ha ha, ha 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 ha. Yeah, we have a first timer uh, in the chat room, Dr. Uh, Michael Peake joining us. And if you haven't heard of him, pet lovers, I'm not sure why, uh, because, because oh, he I should, is I should fabulous. Have done a wh- I should have done a why not there, huh? That's yes, probably more appropriate. You totally right? should have done yeah. a why not there. No, um, <clears throat> this is one of the issues that pet owners ask me about all the time. So we thought let's have an expert come in the chat room. Let's talk about it. Let's air it out. Uh, get all the info out there. And so Dr. Peak is one of the rare folks who is actually a veterinary dentist. Yep. Those exist. And we found one. All right. <laughs> He's a veterinary dentist. Dr. Peake actually graduated from vet school at Auburn University. Um, I think he's supposed to yell War Eagle right there, maybe. War Eagle. Yeah, okay. Oh, very exciting. There. Wait, wait. <laughs> it gave me goosebumps. That was so exciting. Yes. Uh, so, well, our uh, football hasn't been a whole lot to get excited about of late, although they're going to do better. And uh, basketball is doing awesome. Do you see how optimistic he is? This is why we like him. Uh, But he also is uh, the founder of a really, uh, what I think is a unique practice in the Tampa Bay area. He's got two locations and they are called the Pet Dentist. Um, And he's not just any pet dentist. He's held, I think, every officer position, leadership position possible in the veterinary college, which is the group that uh, certifies dentists in they veterinary say you're medicine. You're smart enough to call yourself an expert, right? That's what they say. Yep. I yes. guess so. I wanted I wanted to be good at something. <laughs> well, Instead, I... you're great at being a dentist, right? It's fantastic. <laughs> and I can't tell you how many times I have been so happy that you are great at being a pet dentist because I have called Dr. Peak with all kinds of issues related to the teeths of my patients here in the Tampa Bay area. So we're very excited to have you on to talk about something that I think a lot of pet owners have a lot of questions about. So welcome, Dr. Peak, to the chat room. Thank you. I'm glad okay. to be here. So um, I guess I get, I I do have a, a burning question, and I'm not sure I've ever asked you this. I'm thinking, I don't think I've ever asked you this. Um, what, like, what, d- did you always know when you were in vet school? You're like, yep, I'm going to work on teeth. That's happening. Yeah, that's a good question. It's happening for me. I'm working on teeth. The rest of the dental support unit, <laughs> I'm not that interested in. I'm right, working them right. out. How'd that happen? Right. Well, it's funny. Um, I was wondering if we would even talk about this, but you 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 asked. So, um, you know, if you had asked me in vet school if I wanted to do dentistry, I would have laughed and said you are absolutely crazy. It's one of those things I did not like dentistry and i think it was because it's i didn't i didn't know much about it when mm-hmm. i was in vet school or even kind of coming out of vet school but that's what drove me into it believe it or not 
I got into, I was in private practice for about four years mm -hmm. and um, I, I saw very quickly how many dental cases that, that we treated every day and um, how important it was. And I realized how much I, I really didn't know about the details. And so I just started, um, took it on as a challenge and started reading and taking wet labs and it all kind of just snowballed and my interest got bigger and bigger and bigger mm -hmm. and ended up um, right before I got married, uh, just asking my fiance, Hey, once we get married, would you like to move somewhere and let me do a residency? Oh my God. And, uh, and let me cut question. my paycheck to nothing. Uh, right. Exactly. <laughs> she and was listen, thrilled about that. Right. Listen, folks, let me just vouch for Mrs. Dr. Peak. I know her and she's super fantastic. And I feel like her response was probably like, sure, that sounds like an adventure. Let's try it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, there was a little trepidation. <laughs> Oh, that's wonderful, though. That's such a great story. That's such a great yeah. story. Um, so the biggest question I think I get asked is with so I get asked by new puppy owners. They'll say, so how how often should I brush his teeth or should I brush his teeth? Um, what can we do about his teeth? Because they're trying, I think, to avoid the, the problems that I have to call you about. <laughs> right, right. So what, do you, what do you tell people? What should I be telling people? What should they know? Well, first of all, if it's puppy owner, um, it's important to tell them, you know, most of the teeth they have right now are puppy teeth. And just like humans, they're going to shed these teeth and get adult teeth yeah. at some point. It's usually about four to six months of age. And so it's not unusual for them. They probably won't see any teeth that they lose. Most of the time they're lost while they're eating and they swallow them and they pass on through. Um, but mm. they may find little teeth around in toys or on the ground and not to be alarmed that that's totally normal. Uh, <laughs> and then somewhere around six to seven months, they'll notice that they have adult teeth, which the blessing is they're not as sharp as the little baby oh. teeth. And, uh, so that helps then going forward. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it, you know, if I, if I had advice as far as the brushing, yes, uh, starting as a puppy, conditioning them with positive reinforcement to get used to having their mouth handled, looking in their mouth, introducing a real soft bristle toothbrush, like a child's toothbrush, a five to seven-year-old's toothbrush. Okay. It's a good size. Um, I don't care if it's Superman or Batman or Wonder Woman, whatever <laughs> the little toothbrush is, as long as it's a soft bristle, that, that would be good. Dr. Peak, what about Paw Patrol? It was right there. And you missed it. Paw Patrol yeah. toothbrush for the puppy. Come on, okay. his superheroes. That's right, That's right. right. Paw Patrol. Right. <laughs> so yeah. as long as it's a soft bristle, that would be great. But as a puppy, getting them used to having their mouth handled and then kind of going forward uh, as they are adults, there's really two things that I think are very important. Um, well, I should say three, but, but one is looking in their mouth uh, on a routine basis and looking for certain things. Um, and, and and I say it's really three things, but the, the second part of that is being sure your veterinarian looks in their mouth, ideally maybe twice a year, mm -hmm. but looks in their mouth at a minimum of once a year with the annual examination, but maybe twice a year. When you think about us, we go to our dentist typically twice a year, and there's a reason for that, is they wanna look in and hold check on, for on. any problems. D Dr. Jason's recovering. From yeah, that twice bit of a year. News. I don't. I don't. 
Yeah, I, I knew I, I was gonna have the heebie-jeebies on this podcast. Yeah, and I heard about it. yeah. Like I'm trying well, to get over I, it but, twice a year, twice yeah. a decade, maybe for me. But yeah. yeah, well, and you know that's an interesting question or point because they they ask me that too. They're, they're they'll say, well, you know, should I bring my puppy and when when should I bring them for to get their teeth cleaned? How often should I brush their teeth? And I'm no pet dentist, and so I tell them, I'm like, you know, how often do you brush your teeth? <laughs> right. <laughs> The ideal situation would be once a day. Um, and, and the reason for that is there are studies that show that even right after the teeth are meticulously cleaned by your dentist uh-huh. um, or veterinarian for your pet's sake, uh, that there's a little layer of bacteria that starts to grow and attach and it will it will continue to grow. And it's just like a little film on the surface of the tooth. And the best way to remove that film is by brushing. If you go 48 hours or more, that little film starts to change and starts to mineralize a little bit. And that's when you get tartar buildup. And so the ideal time is to catch it in that 24 to 48 hours and brush uh, at least once once a day. Now, we know not all pets will allow that and not all people can do that. But right. we have to recommend what we feel like is best. And then we, you know, kind of back up and go from there. That's the real world that we live in. Yep. Yep. Um, Dr. Jason, I feel like you had a burning question. No, I just, he's, he, uh, no, I just feel bad. Whenever, whenever we get these guys on here and they start talking about how to take care of your pets, I associate it. I have pets, right? But I also have kids. And I, and I just say- said, I just said, well, <laughs> They're just baby teeth. Who cares, right? Move on with life, right? And it's probably not right. the best, the best parenting for adults or humans. So uh, I found it interesting that uh, you should start with a puppy that I didn't even think about to train, uh, to condition the 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 animal. Not necessarily to protect the teeth. That's interesting. They're going to be gone in six months, yeah. but to get, condition the animal so that when they are bigger and stronger, uh, that they're used to it. And that's a really good a good point to make mm-hmm. it easier to condition them when they're younger, uh, right. and get them ready for when they're older. And they really don't don't like it. The second thing is. Man, I, I can't be looking in my mouth twice a day. I'm not gonna be looking or whatever every day. I'm not gonna look at my dog's mouth. I'm afraid of what I might find in both. So right. you know, right. uh, I don't know about that. Right. right. Well, and and you know, if you're not able to brush on a daily basis, uh, again, uh, for your pets anyway. Exactly. Um, I brush my yikes. teeth. Yikes. Right. Yes. Right. I know. Uh, then at least what I was, you know, kind of circling back around to being your pet's health advocate is by you know becoming a little junior veterinarian, looking in the mouth. And, and the, mm. I think that is, even though most most veterinarians and veterinary dentists would say brushing their teeth is is probably the best thing you can do. I agree. Mm-hmm. But, the, but I feel very strongly that if the owner can look in the mouth and look for things like unusual growths, you know, kind of get used to what normal looks like. And when right. their vet looks in the mouth, show me what you're looking at know what normal looks like so that you can recognize abnormal. You don't have to know what it is. Just know this doesn't look right. I need to get you to the vet. Let's take a look at it. The reason that I say that is probably one of the the saddest things about veterinary dentistry is is oral tumors. And sometimes Mm -hmm. by the time we see them, they're very big because it's hard to look in your pet's mouth and you don't always look in. And so By the time we get to see them, they're big. If we could catch them when they're small, they're so much easier to treat. So looking for abnormal masses, you know, broken teeth, loose teeth, discolored teeth, things like that. If they see those things, boy, that doesn't look quite right. Get them to your vet, have your vet take a look at it. 
and and then they'll they'll take it from there. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And on that point, we're going to take a break. So we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about, okay, so you don't have a puppy and your dog's been using those teeth for years. Now, what do we do? Where do we go from there? Um, And then some common issues. All right. Hang out. We'll be back after this break. It's Dr. Jen, the vet. And I'm here with my friend and colleague, Dr. Keith Latson. He's got an incredibly interesting story all about full bucket health. My college roommate and vet school housemate, Dr. Rob Franklin and I were collaborating on some cases. Both of us were struggling with diarrhea in some of our patients, whether it was after a procedure or after after an illness. So we created a formulation, but we didn't want to just create a formulation. We also wanted to create a movement in animal health for being able to help animals in need through the use of our products that we develop. That really has resulted in our one-for-one giving program, which we're really proud of, as much as we are our formulations for dogs, horses, and cats. And so if you want to know more about their one-for-one giving at Full Bucket, or if you're interested in better supporting your dog, cat, or horse's digestive health, head over to fullbuckethealth.com to learn more. All right, so welcome back. Uh, Dr. Pete is still here. We're talking about your dog. Surprisingly, choppers, right? We're right? just happy he's still here. <laughs> and, and Obviously, he doesn't have anything better to do. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we're getting heckled by the guests. This is fabulous. Um, it's like he's been in the chat room before. He knows how it rolls. But anyway, um, we are not talking about cats today, friends, in the chat room. So cat people, if you're looking for some cat stuff, we're not. Only because, in my estimation, cat mouths... Well, they're not like little dog mouths. <laughs> they're just—they're right. a lot harder they, to deal with. Right. Maybe one day we'll do a cat podcast yes. on dentistry. Yeah, yes, I'll be we, fine. I'll be glad to come back to that. Holy moly! And it's recorded. He's coming back to talk about yeah. cats. Okay. Um. So we're talking about dogs. So, uh, puppy teeth. Uh, they're going to lose their puppy teeth, but we're really messing with their mouth to get them accustomed to us messing with their mouth. But as you know. A lot of people purchase their dog from a shelter or a rescue, or they get it from a neighbor, they get it from a family friend um, uh, or a family member who can't take care of the dog anymore. And so it's not a puppy, it's a grown-up dog. Um, so I'm talking dogs that are, you know, over two years old. Um, and they bring him bring him to me at the vet, and they're like, you know, they have really bad breath. What am I supposed to do about that? That's always mm-hmm. the complaint, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, we <laughs> see a lot of one. Bad breath question mark. I got that covered. All right. Yeah. We're about yeah. to get into it. Yeah. So, That's probably the number one complaint, that especially as as dogs are now, when I grew up, and it's said that's a long time ago, but the dogs it. were in the backyard. Right. Now they're in the bedroom, if yes. not in the bed with you. Yeah. Yes. So, yes. It's a quick transition, a great thing. wasn't it? It's a quick, it was a very quick transition. Right in one there, generation. Like you one, one generation. Crazy. Yeah. And, uh, which is a great thing. I mean, um, but obviously, I think, which is also a great thing, they're getting much better care now than mm-hmm. they used to. Yeah. Um, but that's probably the one complaint. Boy, the breath is just terrible. And, right. and fix it. So <laughs> you had asked earlier about uh, when the first cleaning and evaluation. I think it's, it's probably with most dogs going to be somewhere around two to four years old, something like that. And depending on their size, small dogs tend to get tartar buildup 
quicker than big dogs. Yeah. Why is that? Because people ask me that and I just make something up. Like I tell them, I'm like, I don't like, you know, they just Is it do... because their teeth, are, it's the same amount of buildup, but on a smaller surface area, maybe because their teeth are smaller. Is it because they smaller, eat right? Yeah. They're... Yeah. That's, that's really a big, well, there, it's like anything else in veterinary medicine. There's a number of different uh, uh, reasons, but that's what one of the main ones we think is, you know, dogs have uh, in a normal dentition have 42 teeth. Okay. And you think about a big dog has 42 teeth, mm-hmm. but a small dog has 42 teeth. Now they don't always develop all 42, but yeah. you try and put 42 teeth in a chihuahua's mouth and they're just all stacked on each other right. and crowded. And so yeah. you um, you end up with little nooks and crannies where plaque and tartar can build up easily. Yeah. Okay. That's, well, that's correct. That, so, so I just, <laughs> so when I tell people, I'm like, yeah, just because they're little dogs. They got That's good enough. <laughs> little mouth. Okay. Right. So um is there so if they're if their teeth are really crowded or it's like you know some dogs don't lose all their baby teeth. Right. Um and so like I'll, I'll pick up the the lip looking in the mouth or looking at the teeth of like a a little uh like a Jack Russell mix and I'll pick up the lip and the lady will be like, "Oh no, he has extra teeth." <laughs> right. Right. I'll be like, "I see those." Yep. They're not supposed right. to be there. That's um, right. They, uh, so, you don't get yeah. an award, right? <laughs> right. So, it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. Right? They're all proud. I have extra teeth on my dogs. It's so great. And so how yeah. how like how legit is it that that we should remove those um extra deciduous teeth? Uh it's it's very legit because you want to protect the permanent tooth. That's the main thing. Okay. Um they really should have shed those teeth. They they don't need them at that point. Uh, what they're only doing is creating more um, crowding and harboring areas where food and debris mm-hmm. can get trapped. And then that's going to likely lead to periodontal disease of the permanent tooth that's there. Oh. So the, the having the extra teeth are not going to allow them to chew any better. Uh, it's not going to allow them to, to do anything any that's better. Funny. It's only going to create more problems. So get those baby teeth out, especially when there's a permanent tooth that's coming in. Now, there is a one situation if there's a baby tooth there yeah, and there's no permanent tooth that developed to push it out of the way and there and it's not causing any crowding, it's okay to leave a baby tooth in Maybe. those situations because they can serve as a functional tooth if there's no permanent tooth. The only way you're going to know that, though, is by taking dental x-rays to be sure there's oh. not a permanent tooth trying to push its way in. So there, there are people who have baby teeth yeah. that, that really? are still there. And uh, that happens in people keep too? them for a long time. They're functional. In people, they miss out yeah. on the 50 cents, or I guess now with inflation, right. five bucks from the, yes, exactly. <laughs> from the tooth inflation. Right. The people do? Huh. Interesting. I've never, I didn't realize that was a thing in people. Um, okay. So you mentioned dental x-rays. Yes. Huge, huge advocate because uh, we can only see so much of the actual disease. What's on the surface of the tooth, the crown above the gum line, that's fairly cosmetic. And even though it is a substrate for the bacteria to live in, almost like a little condo, uh, the real disease is going Uh on under the gum line. That's where the infection may be if you've got periodontal disease. And there's only two ways to really detect that is by probing, taking a Mm -hmm. periodontal probe and checking, finding where the attachment of the gum tissue is. 
and if it's normal or abnormal, and then taking dental x-rays to, or nowadays we're starting to do things like cone beam CTs uh, to look for the bone loss around what, the roots. What was that? Can you say that fancy word? What, yeah. Cone, cone beam CTs. Is that, is that, is that, what, is that what you said? Right. Yeah. And, oh, and cool uh, in our Wesley Chapel office, we uh, have a cone beam CT, which allows us to take a CT of the head and we can we can take little slices and look at those individual slices and then put it all together and make a 3D reconstruction of the head. And you can really what, help. What? It helps you see a lot of things. So so when you when you walk into that surgical suite, does someone say captain on the bridge? Like that sounds right, super seriously. Star Trekky. Yeah but, yeah, but really, when cool. when when is that? When would you recommend something like that? That sounds pretty advanced. Um, and when when would you when would that and be it, yeah. uh, done? Right, uh, it's done on all of our patients oh, wow. um, in the Wesley Chapel office. It's part of of um, of what we call in uh, comprehensive imaging, and oh, so wow. uh, we'll we'll do that. And it's amazing how many things you can pick up. Now there's. There's advantages and disadvantages to cone beam CT. It's not exactly the same as C conventional CT, right? Yeah, uh, but it really can pick. Looks at hard tissues like the bone and the mm-hmm. teeth. Mm-hmm. It looks at them really well in high yeah. detail, and so you can see a lot of things like periodontal disease. You'll see things that that in the middle and inner ear, which we're not experts at the ear, but. Oh, wow. Uh, the TMJs, it's an excellent way to image the TMJs. Um, so, yeah, we kind of got off our, our... You know what the TMJ subject. is, right, Jason? I don't. What is that? Temporal oh, yeah, mandibular joint. Yeah. Yeah. I so thought you were going in with some kind of joke. You were being serious. I thought it was going to be a punchline. I was like, oh, I don't know what that is. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and then no. I see you didn't start laughing. I'm like, oh, Christ. I just said I don't know what that is. <laughs> anyway, let's move no, on. No, so. no, no, no. Okay. Um, so, that I like, I am... I am a little bit stunned with the whole cone CT. I did not realize that that technology was available. That's yeah, awesome. We have, we had an interesting case yesterday, a relatively young dog. Can I, do I have just a second to talk? Uh, about yes, of course. Naturally. Okay. Uh, rel- I think it was probably about a 11, 10, 11 month old uh, standard poodle that, that is a young had left sided nasal discharge <gasps> and was missing a canine tooth. So, you know, you're like, well, the left upper canine tooth and had left oh, side nasal yeah. discharge. Okay. So, you, you know, you immediately start wondering, well, is there a tooth? up there. Right. And so it, we um, were able to see it with dental x-rays and we're able to, it had, it started to develop, but then uh, had some trauma and it was in the nasal cavity. It was not, it was not, you know, it never erupted. So, you know, we could see it there on x-rays. That would wow. have been a great one to do the cone beam CT on, but I was yeah. in, in our Clearwater office. And so, uh-huh. um, but we were able to open it up, kind of make a little window through the bone into the nasal cavity, could see it, grabbed it, pulled it out, kind of like the game of operation. Yeah. And took an x-ray and it's it's cleared out. So that I expect that dog to do really well and feel I was, much better. I was, wow. I was actually going to make a joke. So you just put your knee in those plows up there and pull that thing out. Well, and sure that. enough, you did. Right? A, l- yeah, a, little more, a little more sophisticated, <laughs> so. but but you did that. Wow, that's crazy. That's, awesome. that's, that's, yeah. that's really cool. You know, so. the, the 
crazy thing about it is the tooth came out and it looked like a relatively, well, it was disfigured, but a normal yeah. tooth. And on the crown, it had calculus buildup on oh, the come crown on. I mean, of in the nasal cavity. Yeah. Wow. wow. Just, so you think oh, about wow. how that dog must have felt. Oh, yeah, I don't know. yeah. Awful. Oh, it feels great now, though, right? Feels yeah, it should now. feel a lot better. Yeah. But that, and that, so that's interesting. So that was a 10 month old dog. Right. Coming to the pet dentist because it right. had gunk dripping out of one side of its nose. Right. I mean, that's fabulous. You know, I wouldn't ordinarily, I think most people wouldn't say, oh, well, that dog needs a pet dentist. Right. But, right. You know, the veterinarian did a, a great job. He, um, he noticed, hey, they're missing a tooth. Yeah. Where is it? It should be here. And they yeah. took a skull x-ray and we could kind of see it on the skull x-ray. Uh-huh. And he he actually called and said, I've got a case I want you to take a look at. And um, so that's how that kind of came about. Wow. That is yeah. awesome. That's a fabulous story. Okay. Yeah. Um, Jason, you, you got anything like that? No, no stories. I, I have wrote down a few a few questions. Some of them are a little silly sounding, but I don't care because because that's me. Uh, hey, that's what we're here for. In the um, chat room, there's no judgment. Well, <laughs> well there I, is. I'm always, I'm always. It doesn't matter who we're talking to or what expert in what field in veterinary medicine. I'm always amazed at how similarly it, it, uh, veterinary medicine is following human medicine. Right? Yeah. It's just it just naturally progresses. Right? So we learn about us. We take, apply it to 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 our friends um, uh, on the four footed friends. So do you ever, like, what do we, what do we worry about cavities? I get the question a lot. Do we worry about, we worry about cavities in, in our kids and unfortunately some of us as adults, yep. um, but do we don't ever worry them. about it? We never outgrow them, right. but what about our, our, our pets our pet. have the same sort of physiology with the teeth. We don't ever talk about cavities or do we talk about cavities uh, with the clients? Yeah. You know, they're actually pretty rare in dogs, true cavities. This is what I say, and I thought I was making it up. So I'm really happy that that's true. All right. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'll, I'll get a little technical, and I'll try to not not, not no, bore you with ahead. it. But true cavities in people are caused by bacteria. It's bacteria called, most of the time, Streptococcus mutans. And that bacteria eats little remnants of carbohydrates and sugars. And they live in the little nooks and crannies of our of our surface of our teeth called pits and fissures. Right, right. In the in the in the grinding surfaces. And they they eat those carbohydrates and sugars, and then they release an acid, and the acid eats a hole in the tooth or softens the tooth. And that's what we see as a little dark spot that's soft where it um, should be white and hard. Yeah. It's soft, and we call it decay. And so that's a true cavity. And it hurts when people when you eat. What's that? It, it hurts. hurts when you eat. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it erodes through the yeah. enamel. So yeah. underneath that, you have some sensitivity, and uh, so it, we know in in people, if we drilled out the decay, if we remove the decay, I know it makes you cringe. <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, and then we can clean it out and place a filling, and we you know brush with fluoride and keep our teeth clean and keep the cav keep the bacteria away. We can cut down on the cavities. So in dogs, their teeth are shaped a little different. They're right. kind of, most of them are conical. They do have some grinding surfaces. And if they do get cavities, it's usually on those grinding surfaces. But the pH of their mouth is a little different. And so they don't allow the same bacteria like Streptococcus mutans to populate as easily. That being said, I just saw a dog recently that um, he eats, he got apple slices as treats. and the owner asked after the fact, you know, do you think those apple slices contributed? And I, I said, I don't know, but 
But that's a lot that's, of sugar in that fruit. That's sugar. <laughs> that's right. That's sugar. And they were smart enough to kind of think, well, what's he eating that might be causing this? And so I said, you know, I, I don't want to take away his enjoyment of getting treats. You might just want to look for a, a dog type treat um, yeah. rather than apple slices. And you might be able to do like a dehydrated apple or something like that. Yeah. It might not have as much sugar and acid. So that is interesting. So number one, what I hear is it is true. Sugar will rot your teeth, right? right. Sugar specifically. It, technically <laughs> well, it is true. Maybe. We don't want to hear it. I don't want to believe it. No, no, right. no. Right. Um, and then, but then also um, it's, it is all coming back to that microbiome, right? The oral microbiome right. and the gut microbiome, like all of that is so fascinating um because you do have good bacteria yeah right we you know? i mean we, we got to have bacteria in our mouth right you couldn't live i don't think without it now um so you just want to do what you can to have the healthy mouth healthy yeah. bacteria and trying to avoid the bad bacteria yeah so and, so along those lines the other thing that people ask me about uh, or that i <clears throat> wonder about is those um, solutions. And since we're talking about the microbiome and the bacteria that can be related to decay and cavities and all this, what about that stuff that you can put in their water um, Mm -hmm. that's supposed to, and I don't even know if it's supposed to clean the teeth or if it's supposed to rinse them out. I'm not sure what the purpose is for it, but is that effective? Like, Well, there there are... um... Some products, water additives, and and depending on what they do, some yeah. help with the odor. Uh-huh. And typically, they have contents in them, like uh, called hydrogen sulf. Uh, they help prevent hydrogen sulfides, oh, okay. um, which cause the odor yep. in the mouth. And so those um, those help with the odor. The other side of that coin, though, is. If you're blocking the odor and you don't recognize the odor, what was that for main reason that people bring their pet to the to the vet right. to have it look in the mouth? Yeah. So you know, it, it. it could be good. Yeah. It might not be good. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of hard to say. There are other water additives that help reduce the bacteria, bad bacteria in the mouth, uh-huh. and they may be helpful. Uh, in my opinion, this is just my opinion. I don't think anything is better than brushing. Right. If you think about. Um, you know, water cascading over a waterfall or rocks. There's usually algae there. Of course, I don't care slime. The bleach it's on it. Slime. Yeah. There's slime. slime. Yeah, slime. <laughs> that slime. The best way to get that slime away is to take a nice brush and brush it off. Yeah. Um, so there's not any chemical that is that we know of that's going to be as effective as a brush. But that being said, not everybody can brush. If you're looking for a water additive. There is a website, the Veterinary Oral Health Council, vohc.org, yep. that I would suggest they have lots of products that have been tested. Uh, it's kind of like the American Dental Association, that ADA seal of approval, mm-hmm. that they have been tested and they, they have met certain standards. So that okay. would be a good place to look. And listen, like true pod lovers who may be listening to the oral version of this. Don't drive off the road. Don't fall off your treadmill or whatever you're doing while you're listening. Um, we're going to put that link in the show notes so you can find it um, okay. just so that so everyone gets it to be sure. We'll put that. And we'll also put a link to the pet dentist too, um, oh, to the clinic website, because I think there's a lot of information and FAQ stuff. Okay. So that's a side right. thing. That's a bonus for looking. Look at the show notes, people. Like we put stuff in there. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, Jason, did you? I, I interrupted your stream of questions. Did you? Have no, I got a one? bunch more questions. No, I mean, I'm not going to ask them all because you, you answer them as we go along. Uh, yeah. And 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 you guys get into the really cool. Listen, I, I'm going to go back. I I really appreciate your explanation of the cavities, right? Because I'm not. I'm telling you, people that really think about it, like, wait a minute, my kids get cavities, especially those with yeah. young kids. My kids are getting cavities. What about what about my dog? And and my yeah. answer has always been, they just don't really get cavities. And while that's true. If they ever asked why, I would be, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know, they just don't. Uh, but this you is can, a much better answer, right? I love it. So You can shut it down by saying, well, the absence of streptococcus mutants. Yeah, done. That's much, that's, that's it. That's a good, I usually just point to my DVM and say, that's why, because I said so. Uh, that, yeah. Those are not, those are clients that don't come back. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so I have two, and I don't know where you were headed, and I hate to, I hate to derail anything, like you said, but I have two uh, questions. Are we ready? Yeah, sure. Okay, so so big questions we get are what type of toys and treats are going to be good or better for my dog's teeth? Because there are eight gazillion. Oh, no, that now there's eight gazillion and one. Nope. Yeah. I mean, there's a new yes. one every five seconds, <laughs> yes. and they all claim right. to be the best. And even as as general practitioners, it is really, really difficult to keep up. And and because you never want to give out, you know, the wrong information or bad information, right. but you also don't want to just say you're on your own, buddy. Right. So yeah. um, what what would you suggest? How would, how should we answer that question? Uh, and how would you answer that for a client? How about that? Question? Well, I would um, let me start by maybe talking about some things that you don't want to give. Uh, oh, yes. That's probably it's, a better way to answer. Probably it. Probably useful. Yeah. 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 So. Uh, first of all, maybe nothing that they could swallow that's not digestible. So, uh, you know, a, don't a rubber ball or something. Don't non-food items. <laughs> right. You know, sometimes that that super ball that the kids are playing with, you know, the dog loves to go yes. and retrieve it. If it's small enough that they can swallow it, um, then, then that yeah. could be a problem down the road in yeah. a, a GI obstruction. So we don't want anything small enough that could yeah. swallow. Um, and and if there are a lot of treats out there that are, that are meant to be chewed up and swallowed and are digestible, yeah, make sure that they are digestible. And there are certain things that are touted as good for their teeth that may or may not be good for their teeth. Okay, and and so hard items, really hard items, are not good for their teeth. And the things that and and you see it all the time. They line the shelves of pet stores and things yes, like they that. Do. Yes. Um, so I would avoid rocks, ice, <laughs> oh, real ice. bones. So you said you bring up ice. Now, ice is a, becoming a really popular one nowadays. People yeah. think it's, it's water. It can't hurt my dog. And you're saying probably right. not. not. And dogs absolutely love it. Like It'll or, crack yeah, your teeth, a man. Lot of dogs, right? I mean, I, right. that's what I That's exactly. I'm like, I don't chew on ice, but I have pretty sensitive teeth. So I don't chew on ice for a lot of reasons. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you know, I if you're, so you're going to do that, if you want to give them something like that, you could probably make a little pupsicle and oh, yeah. take some sort of a um, like a, either a beef, uh, beef broth or chicken broth and put uh, it in small little smart. trays uh -huh. and make a little a little treat, especially for hot days. But you know how popsicles are not as hard as ice yep. if nope. you were to bite into them. Yep. So it, it, just make sure they're not hard like ice because we, we see a lot of broken teeth. That's probably the main wow. thing that we see are dogs that yeah. bite down hard and they break teeth. Sure. So again, the rocks, ice, real bones, rocks. hard nylon bones, cow hooves. Because that loves those antlers. hard nylon bones. 
She What's loves that? them. Cosette, the, the farm fresh Frenchie. She loves those hard dye. Those are like her favorites. Yeah. They um, do. Now, and I tell yeah. people, you know, if you look in my my dog's toy basket right now, yeah. is there a hard plastic nylon bone? Probably. Probably so. Okay. Um, have I been have I been threatening my wife for years that she's gonna have to pay full price <laughs> yeah. to, to have it repaired? That's yes. Funny. Ah. So if they never break a tooth, it's okay. But, you know, but I get, but I get your point. Like it's a risk, and if 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 you're wondering as a pet owner what you should get if you don't already have something, then you know try to don't introduce this to your dog because if it's their right? favorite, it's bad. Right, right. <laughs> okay, that's a make great sure point. that it's something to that they're going to chew up. Make sure that it's digestible. Yeah. Um, you know there are certain things out there on the market, rubber toys and things like that, that they. Yeah. You know, some they supposedly can't chew up, but we consistently hear that the Rottweiler chews them to pieces. Yes. Um, so Anything I don't know with... that there truly is an indestructible toy. No, yeah, there's, t- not. there's not. There's time. Time wins everything. Time. So, and dogs are persistent, man. They're, they're yeah. like, oh, yeah. Is that a challenge? I got you. All right. right. And then they'll, they'll win. Exactly. Every time, so. Especially a bulldog. Um, <laughs> okay. So I got to ask a question then about treats, a further question. Because so most of those that you're talking about are those that have like a mechanical impact. Like they, they chew on something that's abrasive and it like, uh, you know, removes the any buildup or debris mechanically. But what about those ones on the market that are like enzymatic? So they're not, their purpose is not to be as hard to chew. Um, but those are those treats that they eat essentially. Um, but they, but they're supposedly your enzymatic. Are those effective at all or do they just taste good? <laughs> no, well, yeah, I, I think you're, you're right on that. The mechanical action of chewing is actually is good to help keep teeth yeah. stay clean. They, they need that. And, uh, so items that they can chew on that help brush the tooth as they chew, yeah. Those are good. They, they may also have some additives in them that uh-huh. are enzymatic and they could, one, help prevent bacteria and or two, sometimes they'll have uh, certain things in them that help soften the calculus so that it's easier oh. to then brush away or wipe away. Okay. Um, and And those things can help. They can't help. Right. But none of these I'll say, and you're being very diplomatic, Dr. Very Pete, diplomatic. Because he doesn't want to say, brand name. <clears throat> well, but also he doesn't want to say, listen, if you start with a dirty mouth, you could give all them treats and stuff till the cows come home. You're still going to have a dirty mouth. Right. You got to start with a clean mouth and then you could keep it clean. <laughs> true, That's true. Yeah. You're, you make a good point that if it's real bad, giving them a lot of treats, that's not going to solve the problem. <laughs> you need to have those diseased teeth addressed. And and I tell my clients that um, as a dentist, I really prefer to save teeth. However, it gets to a point where some teeth are not, not functional, they're not comfortable, and they're only harbors of infection. And there's not a tooth they can't live without. So I would rather them not have that tooth and have a comfortable mouth and have a healthy mouth and live longer than to not than to keep a tooth that's not going to be functional. Yeah, that's a good point. Jason, do you have functional teeth? I have, yeah, I have very functional teeth. Yeah, me too. That, me too. That's different yeah. than having healthy teeth, but I have very functional teeth. <laughs> <laughs> very true. Very Especially true. Especially if I chew on this side and it's really good. Okay, yeah. so... You've had some excellent um, points there, Jason. Do you have any further? You got another question? I feel I, like I you had a, another one. 
I think dentistry uh, is sort of up and coming and people are becoming yep. more and more aware because because nobody likes to take their, uh, you know, 13 year old little dog and, 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 oh, my, I'm so sorry, ma'am. You know, I had to take out like 12 teeth, you know, they, right. it's hard for them to hear, but then the next generation of, 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 uh, of pet owners realizes I can probably stop that with better preventative. And I think we're going down that road. So my questions are all around that. The typical question, doc, should I give hard food or soft food? What's, what's better? Canned food, food hard food, soft food. What, what should Doesn't I do? matter. Yeah. Right. I don't know. Now, maybe I'm I'm just not sure about the the actual studies on this. the 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 logical thinking has always been that if you give a dry kibble, that again the mechanical brushing chewing action is going to te- keep the teeth cleaner. And I, and I do believe that's the case. There have been some studies that have been done with certain um, certain yeah. types of food. That's a bit more intuitive for sure. Shapes. Right? Oh yeah, yeah like. That, like that TD, there was a diet that was supposed exactly. to be tartar removal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And there, were, we... there are certain dental specific diets that are formulated mm-hmm. so that when the tooth bites into it or the dog bites in it, the tooth actually sinks into the kibble and that provides mechanical brushing action. And I oh. wholeheartedly believe that those and there are studies to back it up. That's very cool. Yeah. yeah. And, the, you know, the logical thinking is soft food is going to just kind of get gunked, caked in between the teeth and under the gum line and, and create more areas for bacteria that lead to mm-hmm. bad periodontal disease. So, you know, I, I think dry food in general is better than soft food. Yeah, I think that's yeah. the accepted sort of sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And and I think, but you still get those questions a lot, especially from right. generations of owners that have been giving soft food forever. And mm-hmm. you know, the pet food industry is is really good at marketing. And I mean, <laughs> some of the some of those things look really good, right? If, they do. You know, so, uh, but so you, listen, you know, so they can mix it, I suppose, as long as it's not all soft food. The dog can enjoy both, I suppose. Right. Yeah, but I so along those lines, um, I do think that um, our this gen like our current generation of pet owners, right? The the millennials are the largest pet owning population now, um, but they are quite focused on preventive care, which is great. I mean, yeah. right? Says someone boarded in preventive care, right? It's fabulous. Uh, but you see those signs that have popped up that say anesthesia free dental. Oh, that was one of my big starred right. questions, right? Yeah, sure. it's like yes. it's at a pet store or it's at a groomer or it's at a boarding kennel. And like, I mean, I know we have a ton of listeners who are folks that work in that area um, right. and also are just asking the question, is that anesthesia-free dental? Because I don't go under anesthesia to get my teeth cleaned. Um, right. So... Is that real, legitimate, or is that a scam? Is it is it hard? Is it hurtful for my dog? Yeah, well, your, do- your dog wants between, to know too. Right? So, yeah. <laughs> right, yes. Yeah, so, yes. So, I don't know if you can hear my dog. We can. <laughs> <laughs> so, if uh, you know, I think probably most people would expect me to uh, poo-poo the anesthesia-free dental cleanings, and and um, I'm not going to do that. Uh, what I what I will say is. For you, you can sit in a chair, you can put dental x-ray film in your mouth, you can take dental x-rays, they can probe, Mm -hmm. they can chart, they can do everything very effectively and efficiently. Unfortunately, that's not the case for (laughs) 99.9% of dogs. Hello. Except for maybe Jason. I'd like to see that 0.01% that you can. (laughs) Right, exactly. I I don't know that it exists, but I don't know that anything's 100%. A well-trained dog, right? So if if you want my opinion... 
I think that the anesthesia-free or non-anesthetic dental procedures are fine to do in between professional health care, especially oh. if you're not able to brush at home and they are able right. to look in the mouth. Remember, that's yeah. a very important oh, thing. Look, look they're at the least mouth. looking in the mouth. Yep. And they are, you know, providing a service. But yep. don't don't fall into the trap of that's all I need to do for my pet. Okay. You still need that good thorough oral exam from your veterinarian. And for many dogs, not all of them, it's probably going to be about a once a year, once every 18 month anesthesia and mm -hmm. thorough oral examination and ideally with some dental x-rays mm -hmm. looking for true disease under the gum line and not missing it. Because it's difficult for me, and this is all I've done all my professional <laughs> life, to look in a dog's mouth and be able to tell you everything that's going on. Wow. I can't. I yeah. just that's can't. Without the x-rays, yeah. I can't do it. And I don't know anybody that can. So if we want them to be as healthy as possible. And I'll, I'll tell you a little, a, little, um, a little research project that was published not that long ago. Mm -hmm. You know, the concern is, oh, I've heard, I don't want my dog to go under anesthesia because it has, it shortens their lifespan. Every yeah. time they go under anesthesia, it takes six months off their life or whatever that is. Yeah, I heard that. It was yeah. a study done. It was a big study uh, and there were, you know, thousands of dogs that they looked at mm -hmm. and it was done by a large corporate entity that has lots of veterinary practices all across the country. And they were able to take their big database and that's awesome. Oh, metadata. Exactly. <laughs> and so it, it it is, that means if we, if we looked at two or three dogs, that's yeah, the numbers cares? are not that good, but you can do thousands and okay, now we can start to say these are, these mm -hmm. are accurate. Mm -hmm. uh, and what they found was, and I'm going to tell you two sides to this story. Okay. Those dogs that were anesthetized and had their teeth cleaned more often mm -hmm. lived longer. Mm-hmm. So it's just the opposite of what we were right. saying. Yep. I don't want them to be anesthetized so much because it shortens their lifespan. Actually, the that's not supported in the research over thousands of dogs. Now, does that mean that anesthetizing them more and cleaning their teeth more allows them to live longer? So not necessarily. That The other side of that may be, well, what about these that were never anesthetized to yep. have their teeth cleaned? And what kind of care were they getting to begin with? Yeah. And so maybe they weren't living as long because they weren't right. getting the care. So, so many variables. variables. But there's yeah. cor but there but there is no correlation between anesthetic episodes and loss of um duration of life. Like, Not there's that no I'm correlation. Aware. Yeah. Not that I'm aware. And, and, and actually and I, the, I would agree because yeah. it's it's there and gone and 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 moving on. I think if our dogs live like 150 years, maybe, maybe right. you could you could argue it's shaving right. off a few, but but they don't. And so, uh, but the other, the other reason that I hesitate with those, um, uh, awake dental cleanings, although now I won't hesitate as much now that you told me they're useful, um, is because well, if it's in between the professional cleanings as a, as a tool, one other tool in the toolbox, Not okay. as, it doesn't replace the other, yeah. but correct. is, um, it hurts. Like it can right. hurt to get your teeth. I mean, you know, people are afraid of going to the dentist for a reason because sometimes it hurts. And I just feel like you can't. Um, I I would like Cosette to be under anesthesia if someone's like yanking around on her teeth and scraping and cleaning and all that stuff. So I just feel like it hurts. Right. But, yeah. and, and the instruments 
are sharp. And so any quick jerk, um, you could do some damage. And you can say, well, my, my, my dog's really good or this dog, or I'm really good with these dogs and they, mm. they stay really quiet. That's great until they don't. Right. You know, and you don't, they're not going to say, Hey, I'm about to snatch my head to the side. Right. And then it, our friend, Kathy happens. Santo, our friend, Kathy Santo, the AKC certified trainer would say, sure, sure. Your dog is sure. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. So, all right, Jason, you got one more, you got one more. Uh, I don't know. I, I I don't. None of them are short. Uh, but <laughs> but I, I think again. I think the dentistry stuff is is up and coming, especially in awareness of of uh, you know owners and stuff. Impact, so can yeah. you touch on the correlation that exists or doesn't exist between heart disease and and dental disease? Because I know I went to school a hundred years ago, uh, and I think I remember one time they talked about this, or maybe a whole class period. But I think right. I think it exists, right? <laughs> doesn't it exist? And I'm not sure yes. clients. Uh, actually aware of this. And so this, this could anything to help, to help make them feel more comfortable that I'm it. Yes. It's a risk, but yes, the reward is so much better because it can avoid all these other giant the benefit, problems. Yeah. And not everyone thinks tooth yeah. right to the heart. They just don't think that way. Cause it just doesn't, it doesn't, it's not intuitive. So maybe you could touch on that if that exists. Yes. Um, uh, the short answer is there is an association between advanced periodontal disease and uh, changes, microscopic changes in the heart, the liver, and the kidneys. Oh, wow. Okay. So. Even worse than uh, I thought. <laughs> yeah, the, um, there's an association. As far as I know, there are no studies that show cause and effect in either dogs or humans, meaning if you have bad teeth, you're definitely going to get this. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or the other way around. If you have a heart murmur, you're definitely going to get bad teeth. But there is an association, meaning that as we see more dogs with bad teeth, we also see more dogs that have heart murmurs and or that have microscopic changes in the liver or kidneys. And so the short answer is yes, there's an association. Um, I'm not aware of of any direct correlation, but Yeah, this is what I tell them. I put right. it yet I, in there because I think but, they probably. I, I thought there was um, when this first sort of came to light. I thought there was some paper that I never read, but that people talked about that talked about um, specific bacterial infections in the mouth leading to endocarditis, right? Inflammation of the heart right. valves, which right. is why your vet sometimes will put your dog on clindamycin, doxycycline, something like this for three or four days before the cleaning, if they're really bad so that we can drop the bacterial population. Um, And it's the other reason that we, you know, we try to make sure that uh, um, they have, they got to have it in a tracheal tube in, they don't want to inhale that stuff. And also um, when you're in the mouth cleaning, there's bleeding, right? Because in the gums is like direct, direct highway to, to the heart and into the body. Right. Um, right. And so we try to cut that down. And for some reason, I associate endocarditis with severe periodontal disease. But I don't know, because I went to school 103 years ago. <laughs> uh, right. So I don't know. Well, if there was a study. There was a um, <laughs> there was a published report. And it, it has been a few years ago. And it actually was at a University of Florida, if I remember correctly, of a dog that had an endocarditis that they were that they that they connected the with the same bacteria from the mouth the, to the oh, heart valve. Okay. And, but that's one you know, dog. It, you know, kind of current trends now, 
mm-hmm. are trending away from antibiotic uses as, as much as you can. You oh, know? yeah. Yeah. And not necessarily in this. There are certain yeah. certain instances. Um, so the American Heart Association, American Dental Association, they get together and periodically mm-hmm. they'll review the data and they'll come up with recommendations. And yeah. uh, right now in, in humans, I think the only time that they're recommending uh, preoperative for mm-hmm. um antibiotics is if you have a heart valve replacement. So oh, if, you've, okay. if you've had a heart valve replacement, um, it used to be there were some other things like if you had had some other uh, surgical implant, like a hip replacement yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. that. And uh, But I think right now the, the current recommendation is if you've had a, a heart valve replacement, anything else may not necessarily need it. Mm-hmm. However, I would say in humans, they're probably not dealing with the same level of mouth decay and infection that we see on a very regular basis. Yeah, not even close. I would have. I would, I would, <laughs> well, I would hope not, right? Yeah, right. right. I would <laughs> hope, hope not. not. Well, and now like in humans, and that goes all the way back to that oral microbiome issue, right? We're just now starting to understand how we live with these bacteria that keep us alive. And so now they're starting, th- there was a paper came out with correlation between um, chronic um, oral infection and Alzheimer's development of Alzheimer's. And so that like, it is important in your mouth and your dog's mouth (laughs) that you make sure that you have the right bacteria doing the right things at the right time. (laughs) And the way you do that is prevention. What you can do at home, regular brushing, get to your veterinarian one to two times a year for that oral inspection, that oral exam and see the pet dentist when necessary. Right. I mean, that's, that's four things. And see your vet. Yeah. See yeah. your vet. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, I got to ask one final question, Jason, I'm cutting you off. Um, if there <laughs> was, if there was one or maybe two, but one thing that you wish every pet lover on the planet knew, what would it be? For dental, you mean for dental health? He's oh, like my, oh. the direct line to my office. That's what I wish they knew. Or, <laughs> <laughs> or uh, it doesn't have to be dental health. Just what pops in your mind? You're like, oh God, it's this. If if I could just get people to see this, like, is there one thing that you wish, or or maybe two? You could say two, but um, one thing you wish every pet. Gosh, pet that's knew. that's all encompassing. I, I'll answer it from a veterinary dentist standpoint. Okay. Though. Perfect. Um, I, like I said earlier, I would want them to look and get their pet used to them looking in the mouth Mm -hmm. to look in the mouth. And when I say a regular basis, at least once a month, yeah, looking in the mouth, because you're going to pick up problems much quicker. And if you see something that you're not sure about, or you think doesn't look right, set up an appointment, have your veterinarian take a look at it. Because I think the earlier we spot things and we detect things, the easier it is to treat and the much higher success rate that we'll have, no matter what it is, and less pain and problems for your pet. Yeah. And once a month isn't that hard. Anybody can do that. I'm not giving anybody a pass on that. Anybody, well, I guess it depends on the animal, but for the most part, you know, uh, that's not that hard and it can, Mm -hmm. the benefits can be, can be huge. Huge. Absolutely. For the pet. 
Right. Yes. Yeah. For the and vet. it doesn't cost right. anything. I mean, I guess nope. eventually if you need to go to the vet, yes, but. But it will cost a lot less. It will less. cost less. Right. Right. Yeah. We're, we're talking wins. about catching it early and preventing problems. So that yeah. would be the one thing when they're sitting in your lap, you're petting them, watching TV, or you're rolling on the floor, having a good time with them, you know, look in their mouth. And, yeah. and, and if you see something that doesn't look right, call somebody that, right. that knows. Yeah. If you see something, say something. That's right. right. That's, that's catchy. The... <laughs> hey, yeah. we should tell people that. We, we should we should we should put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Dr. Peak uh with the pet dentist, thank you so much for joining us, friend. My pleasure. All right. And don't think we've already we have forgotten that you said you come back to talk about cats. We didn't forget that. But <laughs> anyway, in the show notes, people look in the show notes because we'll have links to his practice. He's got great information up there. We'll have links to that. Um uh, what is that? Veterinary Oral Health Council. Yeah, that's it. Um, yep. We'll have that link up there too. Um, and I hope you guys find a way to take better care of your dog's teeth. Um, yeah, I guess De- Jason, is that all for you? No, nah, just start with looking in the mouth. I think that's an easy way to start. And then you'll probably find you can progress to, if you don't already brushing the teeth and all that. And then, uh, I don't know why these guys come on here and give everyone tips on how to put them out of business, but that's what they do. That's what they, they care about the animals more than anything. So yeah. they, good do. On you, they right? do. Thank you. And so thank you so much, Dr. Peak, for joining us. And uh, I guess that's it. I'm Dr. Jen, the vet. And I'm Dr. Jason. And we'll catch y'all on the next episode. The Professional Animal Care Certification Council, or PAC, brings independent testing and certification to the pet care services industry. Is your dog's daycare or boarding kennel or groomer manned by PAC certified professionals? Don't know? If you don't know, you gotta ask. Look for the PAC emblem at your facility to make sure that your pet's receiving the highest level of professional pet care. Because we all know it's safer in a pack. Your PAC CE code for this episode is CC220080. This episode is brought to you by... Full Bucket Veterinary Strength Supplements, the leader in digestive health for dogs, cats, and horses.